0: Welcome to Sex on the Floor podcast. This podcast was created to help educate the public about problems with sex and intimacy and how this is tied to both physical and mental aspects. Hosted by myself, Dr. Molly Hart, a passionate pelvic floor physical therapist and owner of Pelvic Balance Physical Therapy, and by Dr. Katie Schubert a phenomenal sex therapist and owner of Cypress Wellness Center. We are here to have a good time. We're here to keep it real with you all and to educate along the way. I'm so excited for you to join us. We strive to help many relationships prosper and fund safe and healthy intimacy. listening to the show, please remember that this information is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care. Hi guys, it is Dr. Molly Hart and
1: Dr. Katie Schubert.
0: So we're here for another episode and today what we're going to be talking about is male pelvic health or sorry pelvic health male um, intercourse sexual function concerns and how a sex therapist and how a pelvic floor physical therapist will look at these as far as an assessment standpoint goes and then the following podcast after this we're going to talk about the treatment for it. So we'll let Dr. Katie Schubert start off and just kind of get straight into the episode for when males come to see you, what are the different things that they're coming to see you for and how the treatment aspect goes in this case?
1: Um, so usually when I see men in my office, the number one reason they come to see me is because they're having erectile issues, um, or premature ejaculation. Um, I see men for a variety of reasons, but those are the the, the two most common. The other reasons I see men is when their partners aren't having as much sex with them as they want, or if their libido isn't as good as they'd like it to be. Um, I see men in my office for issues regarding like paraphilias. So um, quote unquote, like abnormal sexual desires um, that get in the way of their sex life or their relationships. So there's nothing inherently wrong, just a, a side note, there's nothing inherently wrong with paraphilias. The only the only reason I, I typically see men for paraphilias is when their partner doesn't wanna um, interact with them in that way anymore, or if the man doesn't want that sexual desire to be a part of their sexual relationship anymore. Like a problem, essentially. What was that?
0: Only like if it becomes a problem in life, then. Yeah,
1: yeah. So if, if uh, he becomes too reliant on that specific kink um, and, and isn't, isn't happy, it's a part of his sexual desire, mm-hmm. um, then, then I'll see him. Um, and a variety of other reasons too, but ED and PE, so erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation, the two common reasons. Um, and when a man comes in to see me for one of those two reasons, I usually determine whether or not it's Physiological or psychological. If it's physiological, I send them on to you. <laughs> if it's psychological, it's usually anxiety. Okay, so okay. Um, the number one thing I hear from men in my office is I I lose my erection mid intercourse because I get too up in my head. That he he starts thinking, okay, well, when am I going to lose my erection? Or please God, don't let me lose my erection. Or oh my gosh, she's judging my erection, or he's judging my erection. Um, so he's up in his head about, um, what his erection is doing, how long it's going to last, how strong it is, or, um, he's up in his head about, oh goodness, don't ejaculate yet. Um, it's, it's too fast. She's going to judge me. He's going to judge me. Um, he's just, he's, he's entirely in his head and not enjoying the experience. So his penis obviously isn't going to enjoy the experience. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it makes complete sense
0: that that's what they're coming to you for. So yeah, so interesting. I love it. Yeah, When, when men come in for erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation, how often are you normally like, how long of a plan of care does that typically look like? And I know it varies. So yeah,
1: it does vary. So if, um, if they have a partner that is helpful Um, it's usually a whole lot easier, but if they have a partner who's pressuring them or, um, has gotten mad at them in the past for losing their erection or ejaculating too quickly, it's much more difficult. Cause then I usually have to do couples therapy to get the partner on board with the treatment plan. Because, um, if there, if there's one thing that destroys erections, it's partners saying, where did your erection go? You must not be attracted to me. What's wrong with your penis? Um, so usually if, if, if that's the case, I need, I need to do couples therapy just to get them on the same page. Um, if, if he's solo and he's, he's noticing that he's having some erectile difficulties, um, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast. I just, I I get them on a routine of just like mindful masturbation and, um, that doesn't usually take too long.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's going to look different. If it's solo or even if they're in a relationship and the partner is not a concern, which makes sense. that's how it is with me as well with with treatment. Okay. So any other things that, oh, one question I want to know is how are you determining, like, what questions are you asking and figuring out that, no, this seems a little bit more psychological versus physiological.
1: So I, I um, ask them. So if they're, if, it, if they're partnered, I ask them to walk me through their last sexual experience with their partner and what was that and, and what that was like, what their penis was doing and what their brain was doing. Yeah. So um, immediately, immediately, if it's if it's anxiety related, he'll say, "Well, um, you know, my la- my last partnered experience." was okay, but about, you know, a few minutes into it, I started, I started being worried about my erection and then I lost my erection. So, um, if I'm sitting with an anxious individual, I'll know it fairly quickly. Um, or, you know, if, if it's premature ejaculation, um, I know oftentimes I'll hear men say, well, you know, she, she's told me in the past, if, if it's a heterosexual couple, she's told me in the past that, you know she doesn't want to be having sex with me for as long as I want to have sex with her and she cuts me off and therefore I feel the need to ejaculate quickly to complete the sexual experience (coughs) and um when that happens I know that it's anxiety related too he has he has a lot of feelings and anxiety about the speed at which he he ejaculates
0: right right because they're walking you through more of like the thought process that's going on versus like talking about physiologically what's going wrong
1: Right. Yeah. If they're not experiencing any anxiety during sex and if there's no like partner specific issues that are, that are leading to, um, the sexual dysfunction, um, and especially if there's been some sort of physiological like trauma, um, you know, I, I I know that it's more case for you than for me. Now, of course, I I know that you're going to be mentioning this too, but Um, even when there's physiological issues that are resulting in either PE or ED, um, anxiety often comes with that. So even when the physiological issue is cleared up, there's still anxiety that might be causing these sexual dysfunctions to still occur.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Which, yeah. So it's like, which one came first? Because often one might come first, but it'll lead to a problem with the other one. Yeah, totally. Anxiety leads to a physical a physiological problem. A physiological problem leads to anxiety. So right. um, which is why um, I just referred you a patient, like we talked about, because yeah. we have to do this cross treatment a lot of the time. Yeah. If you want a nice, beautiful outcome. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just curious. Um
1: Yeah. So what do you how-
0: I will tell you, like when I'm with males and they're having typically when men come to me, the number one thing that men are coming to me for is erectile dysfunction, and typically pelvic pain. What With pelvic pain comes erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So um, very often, or if it's not erectile dysfunction, intercourse is actually very painful, um, not necessarily, which is different for males. Sometimes it can be painful during the experience. Um, sometimes it can be um, discomfort can happen right with ejaculation, or sometimes it can happen actually after intercourse. They'll have this, this effect afterwards. So I'm trying to figure out when are you having discomfort with this experience? Um, So there's two different reasons kind of why, why will men will come, come see me. I more recently, I'm getting more males just coming to me with just pure erectile dysfunction, which is not as common. I would say kind of in majority of my career, it's been more of a, um, a persistent pain concern versus that. So... All right. So let's get into like what I'm going to be asking them about when, when males come in, I always want to know, this is with males and females. I always am going to screen bladder function, bowel function and sexual function, because if I see that we're also having bowel concerns, bowel concerns, meaning maybe we have some constipation issues or I'm having some discomfort with bowel movements. um, I'm not able to bear down very well. And and it's taking me a long time to have a bowel movement. That's concerning me bladder. And here's thing: people don't ever correlate these things together. So they don't even realize that these things are all co-functioning together. And
1: just like women.
0: Yeah. They just, yeah. They don't understand the combination between all of these functions in that area. So bladder, I'm like, are you going pee frequently? And they're like, actually, yeah, yeah, I am going pee quite frequently. Um, Every hour, hour and a half, but I drink a lot of water. They always blame it on the water. And I find out that they're not actually drinking more water than an average person should be able to drink. So you should be able to drink, half your body weight and fluid ounces and still go pee only every two to four hours. So um, I'll find out they are having maybe some urgency with going to the bathroom. Um, typically they're not leaking. Very rarely do I see males with, with stress incontinence, leakage. Only time I ever see that in males is if they've had their prostate removed or they had some type of a prostate procedure done. Then we definitely see stress incontinence and erectile dysfunction. And it's very simple. You do a strength training public floor program with them and they're good to go. Super like kegels? Say that again like kegels yeah you do oh. you do kegels with them and they um and same with erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation actually doing a kegel program the research is so robust on it and it's phenomenal so that's what i do like with my males who come in with erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation we go through an eight week long course of pelvic floor exercises that i progress them through and it is great results are phenomenal with them if if it's a pelvic floor concern and it's not like something induced by medication or a serious. um, So when they come in, I'm also trying to screen that. So I I see what's going on with the bowel, bladder and sexual function. Then I'm trying to see, is this something I can even help with? Because if they're taking certain medications, we know like antidepressant medications and and anti-anxiety medications can cause erectile dysfunction. So if that's happening, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. In, in this scenario, um, if there's some serious circulatory issues going on, which I would know from their history, um, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to help them. So one thing I'm really trying to figure out, like t- two big question groups I'm asking is number one, if it's erectile dysfunction, are you able to easily maintain an erection and ejaculate when you're masturbating. And if they tell me yes, and this is only a problem with a partner, I'm sending to you because I'm like, well, clearly we don't have a physiological issue. There's something more anxiety related going on. And I have, I've sent, I sent a couple of guys actually to you because of that. I'm like, this is not um, physiological. Now if the same exact problem is happening when they're trying to masturbate or when they're um, with a partner They're not getting like their morning woods anymore. They're noticing this has kind of been like a gradual issue with the intensity of the erection and the ability to maintain. I'm like, okay, no, we probably have a weakness issue happening here. The other thing I'm trying to assess with them, I'm trying to make sure I didn't already say this. Now my brain's going scattered. (laughs) There's a lot. I think I'll leave it at that. I'm just trying to make sure essentially with them, like, is it something that's happening all the time or is it something that's happening just with a partner? And that's how I'm helping to figure out, is it physiological or not? Um, I know that is screening out like what I call red flags essentially. And do I need to send you to another medical professional to have additional screening done? And if either of those things are happening, I have no problem telling them that I'll still do an exam on them and see what's going on pelvic floor wise. Um, but I'm like, we have to get somebody else involved in this. This is beyond my scope at this point.
1: I know that when, when, when we were talking about women, you said that, um, one of two issues happened with women, either the public floor is too strong or too weak. Yes. Um, is that the same with men?
0: So same exact thing. So okay. now I've identified, let's say I've identified, yeah, this is physiological. This is something I can help you with. Now I am trying to see, do we have any discomfort that's happening, mm-hmm. um, with males, typically what they'll what you'll find is they'll have pain at the tip of the penis. They'll always say, I have pain at the tip of the penis. And this is after most of the guys, by the time they've seen me, they have done STD screening. They have done all the screening in the books and yeah. everything is negative. Cause if they haven't, of course, I'm going to say, we need to go get this refer uh, screened. So they'll have that with ejaculation. Sometimes males can have pain. Sometimes they don't, but very often if it's a pain issue, they'll have it after intercourse. So like for the next 24 hours afterwards, they have like a deep achy discomfort down there. And that might be in the testicles. It might be in the shaft of the penis. It might be in the rectum, perineal issue tissues, like between the testicles and the rectum. So it kind of just depends on what's going on. Um, Some guys have more testicular issues in general. So they have a lot more like testicular swelling um, and just, serious discomfort on one on one side of the so one testicle will be affected and it'll be very swollen and so forth and they um will typically get that treated medically with you know antibiotics and maybe thinking they have an infection and typically that doesn't help at all so they always end up getting sent to me so I can help calm that pain down okay. now if they have no pain at all and it's just an erection issue they can't maintain it mm-hmm. The, that's typically a weak pelvic floor. That's long. It's a lengthened yeah. pelvic floor. That's weak. Now, if there's a pain concern going on more often than not, that's where we're going to see that hypertonic short pelvic floor. That's leading to the weakness. Cause both a lengthened muscle and a shortened muscle will lead to weakness. So when I'm doing their pelvic floor exam, if I feel a lot of tone in the pelvic floor, then I know, okay, I'm going to have to see them more. So at that point I have to see them for more sessions. Because now what we have to do is we have to relax the pelvic floor, get it at a nice healthy length via manual treatment, via stretching, via diaphragmatic breathing. Um, If they're open to it, teaching them how to use a pelvic wand on themselves so we can have that consistency. And then once everything is nice and in a healthy position, then we go into doing like a Kegel program, a biofeedback pelvic floor strengthening program. And I strengthen them back up and we're good to go. So that plan of care can take longer. That's going to take around 12 weeks. Cause I have to kind of like stretch everything out, get everything relaxed. Let's first to identify why are we having a hypertonic pelvic floor? Mm-hmm. Typically it's anxiety. Like we talked about with women um, or stress that they're not even aware of men. So interesting. I don't know if you found this men don't even recognize sometimes that they are anxious and stressed. Like they won't label it that, but no, they are, no. they're so anxious and stressed and have no idea. Yeah that their thought patterns would be kind of labeled or classified as that.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, they were never taught. They were never taught to identify those emotions.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, I go this, these thoughts you're having are what's leading to all this pain that you're having down here. So, um, that is essentially what I'm doing with my males is again, just like with females, what is causing these symptoms that we are seeing. Yeah. And if they have bladder issues or bowel issues, I'm of course going to be assessing all of that and educating them as far as the treatment plan and care goes, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. much more complicated than that. One, Oh, one last little thing I want to put in there. Uh Why does Kegels help with this? If anyone's listening right now, they're like, how does that help? So there is these little muscles called your superficial pelvic floor muscles. There's, Three on each side. And one of them is called your mobile spongiosum, which I love that word. (laughs) So it is at the shaft of the penis, at the base of it. And when it contracts, it helps keep blood flow in. So blood goes into the penis, it fills up the tissues, and we don't want the blood to leave or we'll lose the erection. So if the males are telling me, yes, I can get an erection, but it's not very strong or I can't maintain it, now I know, okay, I can help. If they can never even get an erection at all, I'm thinking there's something else going on beyond my scope, but um, strengthening those pelvic floor muscles. The reason why it helps is because it helps that muscle contract and keep the blood flow in. So that's a huge factor in why we're doing this. And I don't know if, if you worked with males with this or not, Katie, but I know some urologists will, when men are having erectile dysfunction, have them use a vacuum. Right, so they use a vacuum pump device. They pump the penis up, and then they'll put a band. They get this band that they put at the base of the penis, and it works great. So essentially, we have that band already intrinsically in the body. It's it's the bulbospongiosus muscle. So if we just strengthen that up, that's how we can help with our erection function.
1: Do women have that same? We
0: muscle? do, we do, but it's around. It it starts at like, I like kind of it starts above the clitoral tissues and it wraps all the way down to the bottom of the vaginal tissues.
1: So does it keep blood in the clitoris?
0: Not in the same way like it does, it does help with that, but not in the like not into the intensity of an erection. Because it starts above the clitoris and it wraps all the way down below the vaginal opening. I see. But it is a factor for sure in clitoral function.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. So neat. (laughs) It is (laughs) I love it all. So I just wanna like we're like men were like, why does that change erection function? That's why.
1: Yeah. That's great information. So Next time, um, we'll be talking more about treatment options. So like when a man comes in with either the physiological or the psychological symptoms, how we'll go about treating those issues.
0: Yep. Cool. Super excited to go over that too. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope that this episode was helpful and educational. And if you're having concerns with this and you're a male, just know that you can reach out to a qualified sex therapist or a qualified pelvic floor physical therapist, and they should be able to help you out. And maybe just by listening to this episode, you have an idea of whether this is a little bit physiological or psychological, or maybe you have both and you need both healthcare providers. Um, Hopefully we've helped you differentiate that a little bit better. So thank you for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you. Bye, guys.
0: We are Dr. Molly Hart and Dr. Katie Schubert, and you've been listening to Sex on the Floor podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions and want to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Dr. Molly Hart, and at Dr. Katie Schubert on Facebook at Pelvic Balance PT and at Dr. Katie Schubert and for more information about us on our websites you can find us at pelvicbalancept.com and at drkatieschubert.com